Are you obsessed with Los Angeles? Head over heels in love with the City of Angels? Well, this is the podcast for you. At Lifehacks LA, we hack the best in arts, eats, and activities in Los Angeles. So join us and become an LA hacker. What is going on, LA Hackers? This is your host, Stefan, and this is another episode of the Life Hacks LA podcast, where we hack the very best of Los Angeles. One of the cool things about LA is after you live here a while, you realize that even though it's a huge, huge city, it's really just a sum of its parts that make it that way. That's because it's really a collection of neighborhoods and smaller enclaves. And for the people who live here, you really don't need to leave your area that much. For example, if you live in Alhambra or Los Feliz or Silver Lake or Long Beach or Mar Vista or Venice or Koreatown or downtown, the list just goes on and on. Everything you need is right there in your area. And another cool thing is there's usually some local hidden gems that only you and your neighbors would know about. Well, my guest today is Mariana in LA, and she has a really great blog with many of the articles uncovering some of these little secret spots that usually only people who live in that area or neighborhood would know about. Now, if you love recommendations on under the radar spots, then you will love this interview, and I recommend you get ready to take some notes because she drops tons and tons of great places in this conversation. And make sure after the interview you come back because as my special hack, I'll be sharing a few local neighborhood gems from some of the places that I've lived in Los Angeles. Enjoy this conversation with Mariana in LA and I'll talk to you again on the other side. What's up LA hackers? Welcome our guest today, Mariana from Mariana in LA. How are you doing today, Mariana? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's awesome to have you on. I've been reading your website with all its great suggestions for a really long time, marianainla.com. But uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about you first. Um, Where did you come from originally and how did you make your way to LA? Yes. So I'm originally from Spain. Uh, I grew up in Madrid. I was born in New York City. My mom is from the Dominican Republic and my dad is from Madrid. I grew up in Spain and I've always loved American pop culture. And so during my adolescence, I spent summers and Christmas in Mexico City and we had cable TV there and I would just be to watch MTV and shows like Laguna Beach and The Hills, you know, were all the rage back in the mid 2000s. So The Hills was pretty much my first introduction to Los Angeles. And yeah, I fell in love with that glamorized version of the city, you know, the beautiful palm tree lined streets, the aerial shots of downtown the pristine streets of Beverly Hills. So a movie that really inspired me to move to LA was Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie. Yeah, it's about, you know, three girls from the Midwest who moved to LA to make their dreams come true. And there's a scene towards the end of the movie where they're singing If It Makes You Happy by Sheryl Crow. And they finally get to LA and they show the Hollywood sign, PCH and Hollywood Boulevard. So yeah, I watched that movie countless times. Yeah, it's a little cheesy, but, you know, I, I just, yeah, I love yeah, movies it. Are, movies are there to inspire you. And, you know, I really yeah. enjoy any movie where L.A. is in the background, especially now that I live here. And, uh-huh. you know, it's so exciting to watch a movie like La La Land or a movie like that. And you're like, oh, I know yeah. the place. I've been there. You know, so yeah. it's, it inspires you, you know? Yeah. I wanted to move to L.A. to work in entertainment PR like Lauren Conrad. And I visited L.A. for the first time in 2007 on a family trip from Mexico City. I was 14. And as soon as we landed at LAX, I was mesmerized by the city. 
And I just knew that LA was the place where I was meant to be. And then in July, 2014, the year before my move to LA, I visited the city for two weeks. So I just drove around different neighborhoods and I ended up liking West Hollywood the most because it's conveniently located. Mm -hmm. And then I moved here officially in September, 2015 by myself. I didn't know anyone. I went to UCLA for a year and a half and I got two certificates there, one in branding and PR and the other in marketing. UCLA extension, by the way. Wow. Wow. That's cool. That's really brave to move to LA by yourself. But also you did a really smart thing by coming out here for two weeks to at least get a little familiar with it. Cause a lot of people will just come out here on vacation and then they'll just come out, you know, just move mm-hmm. out without really knowing where things are at or, you know, yeah. life, life isn't a vacation when you live here, you know? So right. yeah, that, that was really smart. Now let, let me ask you, you talked about how LA, you know, was kind of in your mind, even when you were young, but um, now that you live here, just from a really high level perspective, like what are some of the things for you personally that you love about Los Angeles that makes it unique? Yeah. So the first thing that struck me the most about LA was the diversity. I didn't know that LA was so diverse and, you know, I've been to New York countless times. So it's always been like my main reference when it comes to diversity in the U S but I didn't know, for example, about the Armenian population or the Thai population. It's a melting pot. And then let's see the topography of the city. Like you can be driving on Fairfax Avenue, but then you can wind up in a canyon and then you can drive right by the beach. Also, you know, you can go to Palm Springs or you can drive up a mountain and in less than two hours, you can experience winter wonderland in places like Eddie Wild or Big Bear. That's also pretty unique. The food, obviously, you know, LA has one of the best food scenes in the country. And then celebrities. I used to go to a lot of concerts when I was a teenager. And unless it was a premiere, seeing a Hollywood celebrity in Madrid was not a common thing at all. Mm -hmm. So to see a singer perform in front of a sold out arena and then see that same singer at an LA cafe two days later, nonchalantly just walking around was something um, unfathomable. And, you know, to this day, I still have a hard time processing it because I didn't grow up seeing celebrities in person, but I don't get starstruck anymore. Sunsets, I've always loved watching sunsets and early sunsets are unmatched. Palm trees, you know, this is not something unique since a lot of cities have palm trees, but I love palm trees. Like I can be having a bad day and looking up at a palm tree in a blue sky is enough to make my day. And then I would say the big variety of stuff and activities. There's so many opportunities in the city and whatever you want to get into, you will find it. Yeah, I think that's the perfect word. It's hard to describe Los Angeles because of what you just said. There's just so much to it. But diversity is probably the best one word way to describe it. And I mean, you made Mm -hmm. so many good points in there, but I just want to touch on what you said about the ethnic communities like Armenian community. And there's all these little pockets of communities. I I had been to Los Angeles dozens of times, but I didn't really truly realize that until I lived here you can go into some of these neighborhoods and you feel like you're in another country because you're just getting yeah. the authentic food, the authentic flavor and the authentic vibe. So that's probably one of the best things about living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump into your website, Mariana in LA. It's one of my sources because I'm constantly looking for things to do and you write some okay. great, great articles. A lot of them are about some of the stuff you just talked about that you love in Los Angeles. Yeah. But um, let's get your word word about it. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the blog and why you decided to start it? Yeah. So in February, 2017, 
one of my last classes at UCLA Extension before I graduated was a class called Building an Online Audience. And our assignment for that class was to create a blog. And the goal was to make our blogs marketable to an online audience. So we had to go over the different marketing strategies and principles. And, you know, I remember racking my brain trying to come up with ideas. And all of a sudden I had a light bulb moment and decided that my blog was going to be about my discoveries in the city. And I was already documenting my discoveries on Instagram, but I never would have thought about creating a blog. So my first post ever was about this smorgasbord food market in downtown LA. That was in March, 2017. Mm -hmm. And then after I graduated, I put the blog on the back burner for a few months. I came back to it in December, 2017. That's when I bought the domain, the website layout, and got serious about it. But for three years, I had no readers. And honestly, I didn't really care just because I love writing and I, and I love sharing my experiences through writing. And then, you know, if someone happens to come across one of my blog posts and likes it, I appreciate it. But for me, it really is a passion. So when I write a post, I don't think about how many people are going to be reading it. It's more like a website where I happen to chronicle my discoveries and things that I'm passionate about, like beauty. I love beauty and skincare. And, you know, funny thing, the first post that blew up on mariannanla.com was a post about the best European skincare products. Um, So it wasn't even an uh, LA-based article. Yeah. So it was (laughs) first about LA, but I also wanted to incorporate beauty because I love beauty and skincare. Yeah, but I mean, the Um, first article that really blew up was in uh, Los Angeles. It was about uh, European. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was a post about the best European skincare products. And I wrote that post after a trip to Spain. And if you Google European skincare products, Marianne in LA will come up in the top results, which is pretty wild. But yeah, I really don't hold myself back from sharing whatever it is that I'm passionate about, whether it's, you know, a book, LA beauty. I really like to write about anything that piques my interest. Yeah, that's really awesome. And, you know, one of the main reasons why I really like your site, because like I said, I've got multiple sources because I'm trying to find the best stuff going on in Los Angeles. Um, you know, most people know about all the amazing things we have here that are Griffith Park and Holly, yeah. and the Hollywood sign and stuff like that. But you really dig into these kind of hidden gems. There's so many hidden gems that people typically only know if they live in that neighborhood. So uh-huh. this, this is a really uh, tough question, but I was wondering if you could break down like maybe three of your favorite areas in LA to hang out. They don't have to be your favorite, but three of your favorite. I know it's hard to narrow it down. Um, but three places that you like to go in LA where you can see a bunch of great stuff at once, like three little neighborhoods. Well, I really like the South Bay. I love Redondo Beach, Torrance. I love going to Delamo Mall and just walking there. Um, I also love driving up to Palos Verdes and watching the sunset there. I love Long Beach, Venice, and then not in LA, but I go to Orange County a lot. I love going to Corona del Mar, Costa Mesa. And then I love watching the sunset in either Newport or Laguna. But yeah, I just, I love driving around. I don't have a specific area that I go to all the time. It really depends on my mood. Yeah. And that's great because I I, I live in the South Bay, first of all. So I'm super biased to the South Bay, but also just like you said, going a little further South uh, towards San Diego, there's so many amazing places in Orange County and Costa Mesa and all that stuff. So that's one thing I really like about your blog is that, you know, it's, 
Mariana in LA, but you also do like surrounding area, which I'm really big on because that's one of the best things about living in LA is you have access to all these other incredible Southern California cities. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So another thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, hidden foodie gems, because I noticed you put a lot of places that are a little bit under the radar, but are pretty spectacular. Like I know you did an article on Yuko's Kitchen, which I'm a huge fan of. By the way, she's got three locations now. So that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Yuko's Kitchen. But uh, can you share a few other favorites like that? Places that are really good, but not super famous. Uh, so people aren't necessarily driving across town to go to them. But, um, you know, between you and I, we know that they're worth the drive. Yeah. So like I said before, I go to Long Beach pretty often. So there's so many great coffee shops over there. Wolf's Brew Coffee is a coffee shop with a gallery inside called Ends of the Earth. And the owner of the gallery, his name is Philip. Shout out to him. Uh, Sun and Wolves is a vegan pop-up Filipino bakery. You can pre-order her pastries and then pick them up. Or you can go to one of her pop-ups, which are usually in the Long Beach area. I think she's doing, she's starting to do LA a little bit more. A vegan Filipino bakery? Correct. Wow, that's awesome. Sun and Wolves, yeah. And yet you have to show up pretty early to her pop-ups because the line is usually massively long. Founder's name is Kim Estrada. And yeah, there's so many young creatives over there and they're really killing it. And then in Long Beach, my favorite cakes ever, ever, ever are from a restaurant called Bake and Broil. All the cakes and pies are made from scratch. And when you walk into the restaurant, you can see the homemade cakes on display and the smell is just heavenly. They also do brunches, but their pastries and cakes are the star of the show. So yeah, whenever I'm in Long Beach and I'm craving something sweet, I will go there for a slice. And unfortunately, I have not been able to find cakes as good as theirs in the central LA area, which sucks, <laughs> but it's so worth the drive. Vibes Cafe in Long Beach, it's located on a residential street near the marina. So it's a really cool place. And then for ice cream in Long Beach, I like Long Beach Creamery and Hog Life, which is a vegan ice cream shop. Ken's Ice Cream Parlor is a Black-owned ice cream shop. Yeah, Long Beach is just packed with so many good restaurants and, yeah. crazy and bars and coffee yeah, shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, so if you're in LA, there's a there's for the audience out there, if you're in Los Angeles, I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's tough when you live on the west side. Uh, you, of course, you've got a lot of great restaurants and coffee shops and, and everything, but it's tough to get all the way over to Long Beach. But you got to go every once in a while, man, because like Mariana's yeah. saying, Long Beach is just packed with so many interesting places. There's also a food hall which opened pretty recently called Long Beach Exchange, LBX. And the interior resembles an airport because it's right next to the Long Beach Airport. It's also a really cool place in Long Beach. And then in LA, I really like Open Face Food Shop on Adams Boulevard. It's a farm-to-table Danish restaurant run by a married couple. It's definitely worth checking out. And, you know, when you're eating the food, Adam, the husband, he will tell you about the origins of the ingredients. He's from New York and his wife is from Denmark. And both of them have a pretty extensive background in food service and their love of food really shines through in their attention to detail in each dish. So when you go there, it's more so about the experience and the personalized treatment you get from them. It's like you're eating in their backyard. Their salads are just another level of goodness and everything is so fresh because they source the ingredients from the farmer's markets. Fiore Market Cafe in South Pasadena in a beautiful location. In the outdoor seating area, they have a garden. That's where they grow their vegetables. They make their bread in-house. Their sandwiches are just so fresh and so delicious. Saint Cyber Cafe. 
definitely a hidden gem. It's a coffee shop attached to a record store. They have like all 90s TVs stacked on top of each other. <laughs> and the vibe is very like old school and retro and really cool. And then I've been spending a lot of time in Venice lately because I'm in the process of writing a blog post about the best restaurants and coffee shops in Venice. There is one place that I discovered while I was driving. It's called Venice Love Shack. It's a vegan cafe slash outdoor furniture store. And they have hippie vents parked outside and you can actually walk into the vents and they have vintage clothes, knickknacks, home goods. There's even a section where you can browse through vinyl records. So yeah, it's very 70s, very hippie, very California. And then another place in Venice that I really like is Justa. It's a great place for brunch, beautiful outdoor seating area. And then I already knew about this place, but Flower Boy Project is a Black-owned coffee shop and plant store. Also in Venice, really cool. And then if you want to go to Orange County, I love Daydream Surf Shop. It's a surf and coffee shop in an industrial warehouse area in Newport, which makes it even more intimate and special. Yeah, it's not the type of place you casually stumble upon. The aesthetic of the cafe is really beautiful, very beachy, very California. They have surfboards on display, vintage clothes, home goods, and great music playing in the background. Work in progress in Costa Mesa. It's another beautiful coffee shop. Those are awesome. And guys, that's why I read her blog. You just unpacked so many places and a lot of those I haven't heard of, but I'm definitely on There's the There's a place, sorry, I almost forgot, Active Culture in Laguna Beach. It's okay. a great place for frozen yogurt. And then if you like lobster rolls, I recommend Hook and Anchor in Newport. So, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, so most of those places I haven't heard of. So I got a long list of places to check out. And that's why I love reading your blog. Like I said, you find like these hidden gems that people typically only know about if they live in the area. But an another thing about your blog is you not only write about these awesome places, but you also write about your own personal experience. You mentioned how you had a perception of Los Angeles before you moved here. And then you moved here and that perception was different. So can you tell us about what your experience was like when you worked in your first career here in Los Angeles and how it changed your perception of Los Angeles and Hollywood and celebrity culture? And then secondly, if you could kind of give advice to someone who's moving to LA in the next six months, what would it be? Yeah. So after I graduated from UCLA, I worked in entertainment PR. I worked for a publicist for four months and I will help her out by, you know, submitting newsletters and sending out emails to potential clients. Like one time I went to E! Entertainment at Universal because she was representing a client there. Um, that was my first time ever being on a live set. And then after that, I found a job at this small peer company, but it only lasted two weeks because the boss was a tyrant. She will talk down to me, you know, I'll go to the bathroom and cry my eyes out. It was the worst and I wouldn't wish that experience on my worst enemy because no one deserves to be treated like that. But after that horrific experience, I found an internship through, there's a website called entertainmentcareers.net. I worked for a Hollywood celebrity reporter for a few months. I went to, you know, premieres and after parties to film her interviews. I will edit them on my computer and then those will be posted on her YouTube channel. I also worked at another entertainment company for a few months and I didn't like it. It was very stressful. There were short staff, so I had to wear, you know, way too many hats. And I cannot tell you the relief I felt when I was laid off. But yeah, after attending so many premieres, the novelty of seeing celebrities were off. 
So I just left that world and went on to work as an administrative assistant outside of the industry. And for me, you know, I just wanted to be in LA. I never wanted to be an actor. And I'm very happy with where I am and the experience I've acquired over the years. But yeah, I mean, if you want to work in entertainment PR specifically, I would say you have to have very thick skin and know that, you know, the entry level pay is usually very low. So learn to spot red flags. You know, if something doesn't feel right, be ready to walk away. I thought for me, you know, working in entertainment PR was going to be like Lauren Conrad working at Vogue, but the the behind the scenes is very different. That's why, you know, they don't tell you about working in entertainment PR. It's not just red carpets and seeing celebrities. And pretty sure there are great entertainment PR companies out there with a healthy workplace. But for the most part, it's not an industry for the faint of heart. I mean, even on job sites, many of the ads say you have to have thick skin and not be easily offended, you know, long hours and have an all or nothing attitude. So I'll much rather work at any other job and not run myself into the ground and have a good work-life balance and just preserve my peace of mind. Yeah. I'm sorry you had that experience. I've actually heard of other people that have similar experience, not necessarily PR, but just working in the entertainment industry. Oh, yeah. Just curious, have you ever heard of a movie called Swimming with Sharks? No. You should watch it. It's from the 90s. I can barely remember it, but I just wanted to make sure um, I'm not remembering wrong. And I looked and it's got 80% rating. So I do remember it's really good, but it's an old movie. But basically uh-huh. the premise is it's this guy who, you know, he's young from another part of uh, the country and he moves to LA and he'll do anything to succeed. But his mm-hmm. boss is just a complete nightmare. But he's like this big Hollywood agent. <laughs> it's just, oh wow, it's, it's a comedy. But I mean, it's like got a lot of truth to it. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty good movie. It's called Swimming with Sharks, and it's from the '90s. Anyway, nice. I didn't want to yeah. jump us off track, but so thick skin—that's what you're definitely recommending if anyone wants to move here and go to the entertainment industry. Yeah, that's for entertainment industry. And I mean, read the reviews before jumping the gun and accepting any job. Glassdoor.com is great for that. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it'd be a lot harder to get away with that now because I, I remember, um, you know, earlier in my working career, like, you know, the boss is talking down to people and stuff like that. But uh-huh. um, now it seems like it'd be much harder to get away with because uh, people yeah. you know, with sites like Glassdoor, like you said, and then people are very aware of that now uh-huh. you know, and treating people yeah. with respect, which you should always do no matter how. Of course. Yes. Yeah. What, what, what about just from a practical sense of someone like outside of entertainment is someone yes. going to be moving? Um, just... You know, like I was saying, you know, if you move here to work in entertainment and that doesn't pan out, have a backup plan and be willing to work whatever job you need to pay the bills. And then I would say don't close yourself off to other possibilities. If you move here with a specific field that you want to work, don't close yourself off to other, you know, fields. And then in general, you know, when I first moved here, I never considered starting a blog about LA, but, you know, life has a very funny way of working itself out and putting things right in front of you at the right moment. So try to join a club or a group to meet people, but don't force things. You might meet someone you think is, you know, your long lost best friend, and then you'll never hear back from that person again, which happens a lot in the city. Don't take things too personally. You know, if you have a bad interaction with someone, don't blame the city. A lot of people that move back to their hometowns blame LA, saying that it's fake and that people are here for the cloud. But the truth is that, you know, LA and any other place is what you make of it. You know, be curious about things when you're driving. If something catches your attention, don't be afraid to pull over and explore. 
And remember that everyone starts somewhere. Don't compare yourself to anyone else's journey. You know, I thought I would have everything figured out within my first year of moving here, which obviously didn't happen. But yeah, you know, things take time to develop and know that if you move here from anywhere, you've already won half the battle because, you know, not a lot of people have the guts to say, "Mm, you know what, I'm going to leave everything I know and start a new life somewhere else. It's a pretty ballsy move, especially if you move here by yourself like I did. It's out of your comfort zone, right? So, you know, for me, it wasn't easy in the beginning because I wasn't used to being by myself 24-7. But six years later, when I look back, it was so worth it. And, you know, I've grown so much mentally, emotionally, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm a completely different person than I was before. And that wouldn't have happened if I had never left my hometown. You know, another thing very important is that you have to be comfortable being by yourself. Learn to enjoy your own company. I found myself a lot through discovering new places, even before the blog was a thing. Like in 2017, I will go to Palos Verdes, bring a book and watch the sunset. And, you know, I hang out with friends, but overall, I go to a lot of places alone. And enjoying your own company is the best thing you can do. And then if you have a hobby, no matter how silly it may seem, find ways to hone it because you never know where it might take you. And then visit the city before you move, you know, get a feel for its neighborhood and see which one resonates with you the most. And, you know, make sure to to have savings. And if you know someone who can put you up for a few weeks while you look for a place, even better. Yeah, those are all great, great <laughs> points. I, I do want to talk about one a little bit more. Uh, you were talking about how people say LA is fake. And, you know, I kind of thought that before I knew it really well. And mm-hmm. it really depends on where you're at. Because when I was younger, I was hanging out in Hollywood and all these places like that. But LA is huge. I mean, it's totally, whatever you want is here. I mean, like I live yeah. in South south bay now you don't really come across much of that and then it depends on who you're hanging out with and what you're doing but really there's every type of personality you can imagine so yes there is a certain crowd in la or a certain vibe in los angeles depending on what you're doing and where you're at that could be considered fake but you know if you don't like that you don't hang out with those type of people you know what i mean so and i work with those fake people and you know (laughs) but i'm I'm not talking about you personally i'm talking about like people perception of los angeles that's oh yeah yeah misperceptions i think and it's true to the point that that is here but it's not all of la you know what i mean it's like yeah you you don't get that when you're in pasadena you know or no i don't know i mean yada there's like 10 million people i think yeah 10 million people in uh la county's 10 million people and i think there's 4 million people in la itself so So. (laughs) yeah there's something for everybody and then the other thing that you said um that you know, it was a kind of kind of a struggle when you moved here, and you were you were pretty nervous about it. Um, I think a lot of people want to move here, and then they you know they get nervous because they the cost of living is really high. But like you said, there's 10 million people in LA County, so they figured it out. So it's definitely something that you should do an extended trip here for really figure out what you like. But nothing happens in life without taking a risk, like you did. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people move back to their hometowns because, you know, maybe their friends bail out or, you know, they're flaky or whatever. So that's why, you know, I emphasize the importance of being by yourself. You know what I mean? And not be afraid to be on your own. Yeah, it's a great city to do it because there's so much to do here. So let's jump back into your website. I wanted to ask you, um, because like I said, I read your website regularly and I enjoy it. But I wanted to ask you, like, sky's the limit, best case scenario, what would your ultimate 
goal be for your website? Where would you like to see it go? So last year, um, I started a new section on my blog called Ailey Stories, where I meet people that are trying to make it in the city. So, you know, restaurant owners, business owners, creative. So I would love to keep meeting more people that have an interesting story to share. And then if sky was the limit, I would love to interview Tara Banks. She's a foodie. She's from LA. And she released her ice cream line last year, I believe. And yeah, I would love to have her on my blog. Even Funky, he's a he's a celebrity chef and he recently opened his new restaurant called Mother Wolf. So yeah, I would love to have him on my blog as well. And yeah, I would love my blog to be a guide for people that live in LA, are thinking about moving to LA or have just moved to LA, but don't know where to start. And, you know, granted, LA can be very overwhelming, especially if you're here by yourself. And I would love for my blog to be a source of information and inspiration for anyone who wants to explore the city beyond the typical landmarks or places that everyone knows because there's just so much to discover. Yeah, that's awesome. And I really enjoy that portion of your website that where, where you're interviewing people from around oh, Los Angeles, especially small thanks. business owners. And yeah. you know what? Your experience in the PR company is going to help you. See, there's something good that came out of that horrible experience. Yeah. It's going to help you land Tyra <laughs> Banks uh, for an interview. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Mariana, um, this is my last question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you describe for us what you consider to be your dream day in LA? I mean, you've got so many spots you can go to you named off a bunch of them but from getting up to going to bed what would happen and where would you go to make it your dream day in LA for you personally yeah so uh because I love so many different places in LA there's so many options I can go with I would start my day with my meditation a good Pilates class and then I will go to my favorite bookstore which is Iliad in North Hollywood it's one of my favorite places in LA I could be there for hours and hours on end. The owners are two bookworms. And what I find super impressive is that you can throw them any book title and they will know exactly the book you're looking for. And if you look at their pictures, they have a pretty impressive inventory. So I will go there. And then for lunch, I will pick up some food to go from Mini Kebab in Glendale or maybe Larchmont Wine and Cheese for a sandwich or... I will go to Venice, go to Justa, and then I will go for a nice walk on the Venice Beach Boardwalk and watch the sunset there. I could also drive to Long Beach or Palos Verdes, watch the sunset there. The Korean Bell Tower in San Pedro is another great place for watching the sunset. And yeah, I will definitely end the day at Sushi Jen in downtown LA. And then another one of my favorite activities is going to Orange County to watch the sunset while driving on Pacific Coast Highway through Corona Del Mar mm-hmm. and Laguna all the way up until like get to Long Beach. It's a stunning scenic drive and we're so lucky to have that so relatively close to LA. I know it's not in LA, but that's like one of my favorite things to hey, do. Hey, it counts. <laughs> okay. That's, that sounds like a beautiful day, Mariana. So thanks so much for sharing all those awesome gems. I know that I'm going to have to go back and write okay. down all of these because you dropped so many. But uh, where's the best place for people to go who want to find out more about you or follow you on your blog? Yeah, um, so you can find me on marianaNLA.com or on my Instagram at marianaNLA. A few of my upcoming blog posts this year are the best coffee shops and restaurants in Venice, 
also the arts district, the best croissants in LA. So yeah, make sure to check out my website and also my Instagram stories for more places and restaurants and make sure to subscribe to the newsletter on my website to get notified whenever a new post goes live on the website. Yeah, guys, if you love hidden gems, like she just dropped probably 20 or 30 of them on this okay. podcast, definitely subscribe to her newsletter, marianala.com. Thanks so much for coming on, Mariana, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. All right, bye. Bye. Okay, welcome back, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mariana from Mariana in LA. I know for me, she shared a ton of spots I haven't been to yet, and now I definitely want to go check those out. And if you want to find out more about Mariana and her blog, you can do that at marianainla.com or follow her on Instagram at marianainla. Okay, guys, on to my hack for this episode. So like I said, one of the things I like about Mariana's blog is she often writes about little neighborhood gems that typically only the people who live in that area know about or will go to. So I've lived in a few places in Los Angeles, Mid-City, Burbank, uh, San Pedro, Palos Verdes, and the South Bay area. So I thought I would share one neighborhood gem from each of these areas as my hack for this episode. Okay, first Mid-City. Now this is the hardest one because everybody visits Mid-City. So very few unknown places. Um, I don't know if this is a big secret, but it's definitely a great local neighborhood gem for Mid-City. Um, all the people who lived in that area would usually go to this place and uh, that could walk to it. It's right on La Brea and it's called Sycamore Kitchen. Not only is the food and the coffee top-notch, it really has those LA vibes and aesthetics that we love with its beautiful patio. And um, it's super popular with people who live nearby, but not sure that people come from other parts of the city just to eat here. They, they might already be in Mid-City and then stop by because it is a popular cafe. But if you are in Mid-City, I highly recommend it. I used to live walking distance from it and it was definitely my go-to cafe. So for Mid-City, my, my neighborhood gem is Sycamore Kitchen on La Brea. Okay, let's move on to Burbank. So I spent quite a few years in Burbank, so I know it pretty well. And Burbank is jam-packed with gems, um, some of them like Castaway and Portos. I think people from other areas of LA know about and will actually come to Burbank just to eat there because they're so special. So I'm going to go with one that I think is a little uh, less known to people who don't live in Burbank. Uh, not far from Portos, there's this little secret that mostly only Burbank locals know about, I think. Uh, there's a tiny old school neighborhood grocery store and wine market and it's called Handy's. Now Handy's is on Magnolia Boulevard and on Saturdays and Saturdays only, they transform their outdoor parking lot into one of the absolute best places in LA that you can get barbecue. So they set up eight industrial sized grills and they crank out tri-tip, ribs, corn on the cob, you name it. On Saturday mornings, you can smell it from blocks away and you can see the lines forming from locals in the know. It's some of the best tasting barbecue I've had in LA and I really, really miss eating at this neighborhood gem since moving. So if you're ever in Burbank on a Saturday morning, definitely go check out Handy's on Magnolia because the barbecue is amazing. Okay, so for let's move on to the South Bay. That's where I've lived in the last five or six years mostly in San Pedro and Palos Verdes. There are so many local gems in the South Bay. Each, each area has it. Um, Torrance, Redondo, El Segundo, Hermosa, and of course there's more. 
Uh, I think probably the place most people in LA don't go to but has tons of hidden gems is San Pedro. You hear me talk about it all the time. There's so many cool local spots that I can go on for days. But one place I really love is the brewery they have near the waterfront. It's called Browery West and it's in this huge warehouse, but they also have a lot of outdoor space, with picnic tables, food trucks, and lots of room to run around. There are a few places I'd rather be on a summer afternoon than Browery West patio near the cool ocean breeze, enjoying one of their delicious flights of beers. So if you ever make your way out to San Pedro to check out these other gems, make sure you definitely stop by Browery West Brewery it's really an awesome spot to grab some food from a food truck, enjoy a beer on that beautiful patio, and be right near the water. All right, guys, if you got anything out of this episode, I hope that it's the message that every neighborhood in Los Angeles has amazing local gems, and you should definitely try to find out about them and go out and explore them for yourself. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.